Good morning, Jubilee. Rod just made a mistake of telling me there's no hurry. So <laughs> it's his fault at the end. No, good morning. It's great to be here. It's great to be worshiping God. I just love it when we get together as a family. In fact, it, it, today is Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to mothers here. Um, it just, uh, as I was thinking about it this morning, driving down here, uh, obviously Mavash was talking to me, but I was thinking somewhere else. So uh, it just reminded me of uh, the, the importance of family and God reminded me that he's given me a great family here. So thank you so much for being who you are. Thank you so much for being great brothers and sisters in Christ to me and being a great encouragement. This is my family, and I'm just so honored uh, uh, by the fact that God has given me this family. I just feel overwhelmed really at points, but thank you for being who you are. And more than anything, praise to God for building his church. Are you excited about the week of prayer? Excellent. And I've just got to warn you, if I speak a bit louder at points, it's either the Spirit of God or it's because my left ear is blocked. So I can't really hear much from my left ear. Uh, so maybe uh, you can pray for me at the end. I'll appreciate prayers. Um, at the end, uh, I, it's just really bugging me, but uh, it'd be great if you could pray for me at the end. We'll have some time at the end to pray together. The week of prayer has already started. If you don't already take prayer seriously, let this be the week of prayer, which will lead to the year of prayer, which will lead to the life of prayer, until you see Jesus face to face. Because it's amazing to have access to God. It's amazing to be able to speak to God. It's amazing to be able to be, take before him your praises and thanksgiving and pray to him, to the King of Kings, knowing that he hears us. He hears his children. So we'll have some time at the end uh, to pray um, and, well, carry on with the week of prayer that has, that has already started. As Raj mentioned, uh, we're going to have a collection uh, over the week of prayer for, uh, just to really give out. Uh, this is what God has put on our heart. And as he said uh, from the verse in uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, out of their poverty they gave generously. Uh, we're not a poor church. We have a 20K faith gap. We're not poor. I don't think any church is poor because we have access to heavenly resources. We, well, our Father is the creator of heaven and earth. So what else do we need? Uh, but we need to ask him to open the floodgates of heaven. And yes, we have this faith gap, but as the Bible tells us, we're going in faith to have a collection and we're going to give it all away. Now, one of the places that God has already spoken to us about, and uh, we feel stirred as elders as we prayed to give out some of this money, is uh, the church in Turkey. Uh, if you remember, uh, Mavish and I, along with uh, Paul and Jean Woodward, um, were invited to uh, the church in Izmir in Yalova um, uh, two years ago. So we went there. It was amazing. Now, we've just been invited again um, to the church in Yalova, uh, and of course, we said yes. Um, we'll be going sometime in May, and this year we have the honor of taking uh, Gavin and Haley with us. Uh, so I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about spending time with Gavin and Haley, getting to know them more, and just seeing what God has for us there in Turkey and how we can serve and uh, be encouraged there. Uh, I've also got a very short uh, video clip. It's about three minutes uh, of 
one of the works that the church does in Yalova, uh, they have lots of refugees there. These are people who have flown from their home countries, mainly from Iraq, Syria, and Iran, um, who are there in Turkey. They're not allowed to work uh, there. They don't have any recourse to any sort of funding from the government. Um, so you can imagine life is really hard. And most of them end up there for at least three years until the UN decides where to send them. So the process can take a, a few years uh, or so. So the church in Yalova um, are helping these families, around 200 refugees, well, 200 families of refugees. Um, they help them with monthly food parcels. Um, and Andy Ball, uh, who is in Yalova along with Jill, uh, well, the church in Yalova, the Lighthouse Church, has sent me a video. I think some of, some of you might have seen it already. Um, I think it'd be great if we could watch it together uh, and just see a glimpse of the work that the church is doing there. But, uh, but don't worry, I just mentioned Jill and Andy. Don't worry, we won't them, bring them back with us. It's just that it, we're just going to make sure that they stay there. So, so if we could uh, play the video, that'd be great. from a Muslim background and I came to Turkey. I live in Turkey right now. I came here because I had a problem in Iraq because of my background. I was a Muslim and became a Christian and that was a big problem for me. But I came to Turkey and I thank for this church helping us so much. Maybe that food package is not worth in your eyes but for us it's so worth. That worth too much for us. and. We want to say thank you, all of you, and thanks uh, to my Lord Jesus Christ, and thank you all, and thanks for church, because you're helping us by using that food package. Thank you. background Muslim. I come to Turkey because my family attacked me and uh, I'm here uh, very happy because uh, the church helped me and because uh, I am a, a refugee and uh, I will thank you because you're helping us and support us and I will ask you to say pray for us and say continue that uh, continue that you supporting us. Thank you very much. I left Iraq because my father had a, a small market 
they attacked him they told him do not be in Iraq for three days we left we came to Turkey uh, we are in Turkey right now uh, thanks thank you for your helping for us I hope you keep praying for us keep supporting us and big thanks for God that he's helping us thank you Amazing. God is good. Some of the stories that you just heard are a glimpse of what goes on in the world. These are life stories, uh, stories of people who are actually alive, stories of people who actually are people. It's not fiction. Um, so please commit yourself to prayer for them, especially over the week of prayer. Now, the Ten Commandments. Um, if you've been with us for the past few weeks, you know that we've started the series on the Ten Commandments. Um, and today we're on which commandment? The fourth. So, what was the first commandment? <laughs> Good job, I can't hear you, Abbas. <laughs> Maybe it's a blessing from God. <laughs> and the second one? Can you hear me okay, or is it? And the third one. Yay. <laughs> right, so we're on the fourth commandment today. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So let's read the scripture. Uh, if you have a Bible, please turn to Exodus 20, uh, verses 8 to 11. If Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11. If you haven't got a Bible, the words will be projected on the screen. I'm going to read through them first. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Amen. What is Sabbath all about? What does it mean to us today? How do we apply it? Does it apply to Christians at all anyway? Do we have to do anything do we have to give up anything for it? So these are the sort of things that we'll be reading through and we'll be studying today. Um, Sabbath is from the Hebrew word uh, Shabbat, meaning to cease or to discontinue. Um, and we read uh, about the concept in Genesis uh, chapter 2, uh, where God creates the heaven and the earth, and then it says that God rested uh, from all the work that he had done. Now, to understand the concept of Sabbath, we need to really look back and see when is it that God is giving this commandment, to who is he giving it to. So we know God is speaking to Israel. Uh, they've just come out of Egypt, and God is giving them these commandments. In Egypt, they were all slaves. So the people that God is speaking to used to be slaves. Now, slaves don't have things like days off. They wake up by the sunrise, work, and by the sunset, they go home, eat, and sleep. 
And then the next day, that's what happens. So they weren't aware of the concept of having a day off. So God is saying, look, I have brought you out of slavery. So if you're not a slave anymore, what are you? You're free. So I have freed you from slavery, and now I'm going to give you another gift called Sabbath. So now you work for six days, and on the seventh day, you take a day off. On the seventh day, just relax. You don't do the normal things that you do. You can take the day off. Why? Is it just to put your feet up? I think there's more, more, more to it than that. Um, Mabish and I visited a Middle Eastern country a few years ago, and the concept of slavery was still there, but it's not called slavery. So it was really heartbreaking to, to really go uh, into the marketplaces and see uh, people really being sold into slavery, not in the same way as you, could see, as you see in the movies uh, maybe years ago, but they were still slaves. They didn't have a choice. They were not free. They were sold, and a, a price was paid for them, and whoever paid the price for them was their owner. Now, these were men and women, human beings. Um, so it was really heartbreaking to see that. And later on, we found out that these people never have a day off. They work at home. They do everything, every single job that needs to be done. And then they go to bed overnight, wake up in the morning, the same thing. Now, this is what Israelites were like. Unfortunately, it still happens in the world. But the Israelites were like this. They were slaves. They were working day in, day out. No gift of a day off. Now, God is speaking to them and saying, this is what you can do. In Deuteronomy, we read uh, in chapter 5, observe the Sabbath day. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you, to, commanded you to keep the Sabbath. So it really helps us in understanding what God has done for us. The first thing in this commandment is remember. So it means to look back and try to remind yourself something. Remember what were you and what God has done for us. Now, if you believe in Jesus Christ as, as your Lord and Savior, look back. Try to remember who you were and who you are now by the grace of God, the free gift of salvation given to you. Remember, it's sometimes good to just reflect and see what God has done for us. So God says, remember and keep it holy. Now, in the city I grew up, there was a, a large Jewish population. Um, and on the Saturday, uh, you could see that a large section of one of the main streets uh, that all the businesses were going on was closed. Now, you can tell that it belonged uh, to, to Jews, and they generally uh, had lots of businesses in that area, and it showed their devotion to God. Now, ironically, Saturday is the first day of the week in that part of the world, so you can imagine, on the first day of the week, some sections of the city being closed. Um, now, in this country, uh, sometimes it just reminds me, uh, it, it, might be, it might sound funny, but in this country, where what, what has remained of Sabbath? 
Um, the first thing I saw, uh, I think it was the first or the second year I was here, was that I could connect the free parking space on a Sunday to Sabbath. Because <laughs> you go out and it says Monday to Saturday. So Sundays are okay. Well, in most parts. Uh, <laughs> so on Sundays, you don't have to pay for your parking. And I thought, is this a concept of Sabbath? Uh, is, is there something going on? Uh, but we, mo- we want more than that. We want more of the presence of God uh, in that. And anyway, as we'll find out uh, as we go along, it's not just about taking a day off. It's not just about not doing anything. It's about more than that. God wants us to take Sabbath because he knows our heart and he knows our relationship to work. Uh, now, if you're really honest to yourself, think about what do you think about work? Uh, you might not call yourself workaholic, but you might be. Uh, you might not call yourself lazy, but I'll let you, uh, I'll let you decide that. <laughs> so God knows the relationship that we have to work. Sometimes we really get to it, and we give it all that we have, and we give it a place that is not right, and sometimes we really put it low down that it's not right again, it's not biblical. Uh, we, the culture around the world, as it's not just this country, it's uh, many cultures around the world, their relationship with work is different. Uh, sometimes uh, we work too much and sometimes we have um, a problem with the discipline of work, getting up every day on a routine, going to work, committing ourselves to what we promised to do. So we just say, oh, just, uh, it's better not to have it. Um, I remember that... Um, back home in Iran and in many of the cultures similar, when somebody who was around their late 60s, early 70s, uh, uh, died, the first thing they would ask is, this, this person, did, did he just retire? Because if they retired, they would die in general because life wouldn't mean anything to them because they were so used to working. Uh, so the first question was, oh, how old was he? late 60s. Did he just retire? Yes. Okay, that's probably why. And now, I'm not saying that's the reason, but uh, so that, that just tells us the relationship that we have with work. So God really knows our heart, and so he tries to, as, uh, as his children, he's given us a gift. Even, uh, I've heard some of uh, my friends um, who, who go to gym very often, um, who are bodybuilders, just like me, big muscles. They say, oh, you, you need to take a Sabbath. I said, well, what do you mean? Because your body grows when you take a day off from the gym. So you need one or two days off. So you go and work out, and you take a day off, and that's it. That, that's where your body grows. That's how mine grew. So, <laughs> Of course, this bit on a daily basis. Um, do you worship your work, or do you worship your comfort? It can't be one or the other. It's got to be you worship Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, the one and only. Remembering Sabbath is not just enough. Remembering it and setting it aside for God. What does that mean, to keep it holy? To keep it holy for God, to keep this day, it's to set it aside, to set it to one side. And what do you do with it? What do you do with the day that God has told you to put aside? And it's not just one day, it's our whole lives that we have to set aside. But what do we do with that particular day that really counts? We are to be stewards. And if we're a good steward, uh, we will take care of our time. Now, I'm as guilty as many of you in here in terms of keeping my Sabbath. Um, 
I used to do everything within my energy and power. Some of my good friends tried to tell me off until one day it got really bad. They told me off and then I looked back and thought, yes, they're right. I need to have a day off. And it was then when I realized I was trying to be God. I was being blasphemous in my actions because I thought, well, if I don't do it, then it's not going to get done, so I better do it. Um, and that would tire me out. But God can do anything. He is able to do anything He wills, and we're just honored to be part of the plan. Now, the first day that I, um, I thought, it's my Sabbath, I'm going to spend time with Mavish, I'm going to spend time with God, I'm going to just stop whatever I was normally doing, uh, stop my mind from wandering to, uh, anywhere that uh, I, it would normally go, and just focus on God, focus on what He has given me, the blessings, and just really spend time with Him and ask Him to speak to me. Lots of pastoral issues came up. Like on the first week, I had a phone call. Somebody had a great pastoral uh, issue. Um, he had a toothache, uh, needed care. <laughs> so sometimes when you try to take Sabbath, other things will come on your way, but it's the matter of prioritizing. Sabbath should not become a religion. Because uh, sometimes you will hear in churches and say, no, Sabbath must be a Saturday, or it must be a Sunday, and you must not do this or do that on this day. That's religion. Like in Amos, we read that God says, if you have a Sabbath, it must be from your heart. God is telling people, uh, we read in Amos chapter 8, that you are waiting for the day to come over so that you can go and start your businesses again. You are waiting for this day that I've told you to keep holy, to come to an end so that you can go and deceive people with your balances that don't work correctly. You know that you're selling less than you say. You're waiting for this day to come over so that you can go and deceive people with your businesses. This is not true Sabbath. True Sabbath is when you what you have in heart. The God is not after just one day off when we have a day off on a Saturday or Sunday or maybe some other day during the, uh, the week and really waiting for it to come over to an end. It's got to be from your heart, just like with everything else. But most importantly, Sabbath is about prayer and worship. We are in the week of prayer. It just doesn't mean that we're going to pray during this week only. We're going to pray all our lives until we see him face to face or he comes back, whichever is sooner. But it's about prayer and worship. If you have Sabbath, the best thing you can do with it, spend time with God. Spend it in prayer. Speak to our Heavenly Father. In your Sabbath, the first thing you must do is to worship him and give him glory because that's the best time you have. In your Sabbath, you bow down before him, just like any other day, but you give him all that you have and all the time that you have during that day. So we're going, as we're launching the week of prayer, I want to encourage you, if you can, take days off during this week, to be united in heart with the rest of your brothers and sisters, to be praying before God, to be praying to see the changes, as we just heard this morning in prayers, and ask God what he wants you to give, as Charlotte and Leslie brought uh, in their contribution. We had, when Jesus, as Jesus was coming in, people were putting palm leaves uh, before him. Some people didn't have a palm leaf, so what they did, they took their garment off and put it there. What are you going to give? Because Sabbath requires sacrifice. Jesus is our 
rest and Sabbath, and he gave himself as a sacrifice. What are you going to give for your Sabbath? What is your sacrifice? What is it that you're going to bring and lay down at the foot of the cross? Just think about it for a few minutes. We're going to have some time to pray. As we've already launched the week of prayer, we're going to really make use of our time together. Some of you are mourning in your hearts, maybe. God wants to bring, bring an end to that. Some of you are joyful in your heart. Give God all the honor. Give him all the praise that he's worthy of. Some of you are struggling with jobs. Speak to God about it. Some of you are struggling because you don't have a job. Bring it before God. There is so much that God can do through you and us through all of us here. It's amazing that we have a relationship with Turkey, but it's amazing that we're in Teesside here together. So as we are together here now, let's bring our hearts before God, our prayers and worship in our Sabbath before Him. As I said earlier, it's not just about one day. It's not about a particular day. Of course, it's great to have one day off where you just don't stop what you normally do, where you season uh, and discontinue what you normally do. But let's start from today. Sabbath is not just spending time on your own. Get to know one another. If you're in Jesus Christ and you believe the Bible, you know that we're going to spend eternity together. So if we're going to spend eternity together, we might as well start from today. Uh, I know it sounds harsh because, uh, yeah, how can I spend eternity with that person? Oh, no, come on. You've got to get used to it. Tough. <laughs> so start from today. <laughs> get together with your brothers and sisters. Get together for the glory of God. Get to know each other. We might know a lot from each other, uh, but it doesn't count because it's on Facebook and Twitter and everything else. If that's really relationship, then our young people here are in the best relationship with Rihanna, with uh, J-Lo, and God knows who. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> they go through their Facebook, uh, let's see what this celeb celebrity has. They come across a page called John Calvin. Oh, ignore him. He looks so ancient. And then they get to Olimas. Oh, what a shame. He lost X Factor. He only came second. Oh, that's just a shame. Well, Raj knows all this. But I had to Google them, really. <laughs> Raj knows all the names. But that doesn't really count. That's not relationship. If we are brothers and sisters, let's spend time together. When was the last time you, wanted, you really wanted to see somebody, but you couldn't, somebody that you don't normally see on a regular basis? Uh, you couldn't because you didn't have time. Make that time. Get to know one another. Invite each other around to your houses. Start from today. You think, oh, I can only fit four people around the table. Don't eat on the table. Eat on the floor. I've only cooked for four people. Pray and God will increase it. <laughs> Don't worry about these sort of things. 
set your eyes on the kingdom of God. We're about the kingdom. If it wasn't for kingdom, it would be foolish for a church like us to gather a collection and then give it away. But because it's about the kingdom, we do what God has told us. And we do what we feel called to, even if the whole world thinks we're foolish. So don't think the ways of the world. Set your eyes on God and His kingdom. This is what we were praying, for His kingdom to come. And when His kingdom comes, things are very different. Things are really, really different. So if you're really after His kingdom, set your heart on things that are different. Be ready to be surprised. And don't be satisfied with what you receive, because there's always more. If He gives you some, then ask Him for more, because He has lots and lots more. So, what do you give in your Sabbath? Do you have God in mind and in heart when thinking of Sabbath? Do you cease from your normal work? And what do you give as sacrifice? You just have a garment? Fine, take it off and put it before him. What you have has been given to you by him anyway. It all belongs to him. So I want to encourage all of us to get into gears for prayer. Do you need healing? Let's pray today. I need healing for my ear. I appreciate prayers. And we pray in faith, knowing that God hears us, and He heals, and He heals today. So it'd be great if you could pray for me afterwards, please, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you need healing, whether it's physical or spiritual, then I want to encourage you to come to the front so that we can pray for you. Because there is power in the name of Jesus. If you need breakthrough in your life, then come forward and let's pray. This is not the holy space. It's just so that we can identify you and we know that you need to be prayed for. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then don't miss this moment. No, he's the best friend you can ever find. The best decision that you can ever make in your life is to give your life to Jesus Christ. If you don't know him, if you've never spoken to him, start today. Ask him to come to you and speak to you. He's alive and he will speak to you. The Bible says that he rose on the third day. And you know what? The first time I read the Bible, that really struck with me. Because every time I went to somebody to take me to God, they were all dead. And I thought, well, they're dead. How can they help me? Jesus Christ is alive. He burst through the ground after he was buried. And he is alive, seated at the right hand of the Father. And salvation is only through him and him alone. If you don't know him, don't miss this moment. Ask him to reveal himself to you. We are not just people getting together happy clappy. We are people who have been touched by him, who have received him, and we believe in him. And it's the joy that he has given us that makes us lift up our hands and sing to him. And if you want to receive the same joy, then invite him into your life. And if you want to accept him for the first time, or if you want to find out more about him, please do come and speak to us. Don't let this moment pass by. Enough of me talking. Let's get into the gears of prayer. If I could ask the worship team to come up, please. Are you mourning in your heart, or maybe even physically? God wants to pour out his oil of gladness on you today. He wants to anoint you with joy. Then come to the front. Now, please. 
Are you suffering? Are you wounded in your heart or even physically and you need healing? Please come to the front. Let us pray for you. Are you worried about your family? Commit them to the hands of God. Let's pray for you. Worriness is not of God, but peace that passes all understandings. Let us get into gears for this week of prayer and be a people of prayer. Prayer changes the world. Let's pray for Teesside. Let's pray for revival in this part of the world that God loves so much. Let us lift up the area that we live in. Lift it up before God and ask Him to come and pour out His Spirit. And where there is the Spirit of God, there is freedom. Shall we all stand up together?